welcome to another exciting episode of ARG Presents. I am Amigo Aaron, joined, as always, by the sweater vest king, John Boat of Karshaller. Better than the sofa king. Nah, you got that right, brother. So, if you tuned in last week, you'll recall that we didn't use the wheel in any way due to wacky taping sessions. We have chosen, at non-random, our games this week. And we've decided to feature games on the beloved TurboGrafx-16. Boat, up until you met me, had you ever messed around with a TG-16? Uh, I always admired the TurboGrafx from afar, especially it's uh, the, the TurboGrafx portable system, which, what, what was the that Express, called? I the believe. Turbo Express, right. Yes. The, the way that it could play the console games on a portable system was mind-blowing, and I wanted one so bad because of that. The Turbo TurboGrafx-16, it's number one uh, In the hood, point yeah. of, 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 of interest are these. These are... Hue cards, H-U cards, and these have the game on them. This one has Box Adventure, which is probably the premier title on the system. And you just simply take these cards and slip them into a little card reader here, and wham, bam, Bob's your uncle, you're in business. Uh, the Turbo Graphics had some neat joysticks that had built-in turbo, which is, I guess, why they called it Turbo Graphics 16. They had two different options for uh, each button to have different settings for rapid fire. Yeah, and what's interesting is that the games actually featured, they depended on your ability to have a turbo button. For example, when you are a bonk and you're this caveman and you're biting onto things, you use the turbo button to help get yourself above ledges and things like that. Since the system had the turbos built in, they knew everyone that had a TurboGrafx-16 had these joysticks, they supported them, and it was, you're right. And this is one of the systems where having the proper joysticks for it makes a, uh, makes a world of difference, and having the actual system makes a world of difference. Now, in emulators, they, they simulate the turbo with, mm -hmm. very, with keystrokes and whatnot. Now, this, is this one of the systems that had a daisy chain solution for multiple controllers, or is this two ports up front? This had neither. <laughs> one of the downfalls, and the turbo graphics had many, many problems. Uh, the biggest of which is the fact that it only had one joystick port. Uh, to use multiple players on this game, you have to have what's called the Turbo Tap, which is a uh, just like any other uh, game machine's uh, extra port gimmick. Uh, the PlayStation had one, the NES had one. You plug it in, it gives you like four uh, or six ports. Uh, without this, you're stuck playing one player, and these days, that's an expensive little item. Uh, you're talking somewhere in the $60 range, and I've not gotten one because on top of that, you also have to buy the joysticks for it, which are also expensive. So to go from one to two players on a machine like this, you're probably talking possibly up over $100 between the joystick and the multi-tap. So that's it's a problem. Another thing, this thing uh, did not have uh, composite out when it came, when it was shipped. It, it had RF out, which is a problem. Uh, now, I've got mine jury-rigged. Uh, you can see on the back... Did you say jury-rigged? Jury-rigged, that's right. Um, this is the back end. It comes off this big... Does that just slide, slide out like that? It does. Wow. And then you, what, had, what you had was this big, huge uh, feature slot or, or expansion slot. Right. That is... Among I've other never things, seen that before. Among other things, this, uh, this is where your CD unit would plug in. This, ship, this didn't ship with a CD unit, but they eventually made a turbo CD unit. Uh, but they make a uh, an item that plugs into this thing that gives you composite out. Uh, you can see that I wired something up to mine, and so it's jakey looking, but it does the job. 
Uh, and so that's another failing of, of the system. And it's a shame that this system had so many flaws because it's actually quite a system, isn't it, Boat? I mean, we were it's both very big good. fans. Uh, just a little background on the Turbo Gravis 16. Um, this thing was released October 30th, 1987. Uh, and this was sort of an in-between console. It fell in between the, the NES and Super Nintendo. It was right there in that weird area. Um, this had, uh, they shipped about 10, uh, 10 million of these worldwide. That's the figure that I came up with. Uh, not, a, I mean, that's okay. I think this is definitely a machine whose big, biggest success was in Japan. Absolutely. Uh, in Japan, this was known as the PC Engine. Mm -hmm. And so, and the PC Engine, I might add, was a, uh, the actual device was a more functional device in terms of the way it looked. I like the look of it better. The, the TurboGrafx-16 is kind of awkward, strange, strange system. Um, this shipped, now look at this boat. This is, I find this uh, rather fascinating. This shipped for 199 bucks, which is not too bad. Uh, in, the, in, our, in today's money, that's 444 US dollars. Uh, so not too bad. It was, it was made by NEC, uh, and uh, it had, like I said, it had a CD peripheral that shipped with it eventually. And that was about $400 US. It was called the TurboGrafx CD. Uh, the uh, CD unit was pretty solid. They, they had a lot of good tiles for it. In fact, in Japan, the CD unit was really embraced. Not so much in the States. Um, I didn't know a single person that had a TurboGrafx-16 when I was uh, in 87, 88. I never knew. In fact, I don't know anyone that's got one now, aside from me. I know other people do, but do you know anyone that ever had one? No. In fact, I remember uh, seeing this in, in magazines and at first thinking that NEC stood for Nintendo Entertainment Center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, so... Uh, this this is an interesting system in that it's not it's eight and sixteen bit. It it, uh, it has a, 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 an odd setup internally. Uh, this was only released in Europe in a very limited way in 1990. So it was released well after it was in Japan. In the U.S., it was released just a day before my birthday, uh, August 29th, 1989. Wow, just in time for you to graduate. You just graduated from high school. I right? just graduated from high school uh, about two months before that. Uh, crazy, eh? Mm -hmm. oh, gosh, how time flies. Um, this system had a bunch of great games. If I had to pick the flagship ship title, it would be Bonk, the Caveman. Uh, we, on our sister show, Amigos, reviewed the Amiga version of that, BC Kid. And uh, it was they ran pretty much neck and neck. And the Turbo Graphics, despite the fact that it wasn't as powerful, conventionally powerful as, say, the uh, Super Nintendo... Uh, it could hold its own in a lot of ways. Uh, they were they, they were very clever the way it was designed, and uh, uh, Hudson I think was behind a majority of the design on this before they farmed off the actual production of NEC. And uh, it's a very uh, it's a very cleverly made unit. And I bought this thing at a pawn shop years ago. I got it for I think I paid seventy five dollars for it in the U.S. And these have exploded, and these are sort of in, in this day where everyone's sort of getting into the retro thing, and, you know, there's got to be a ceiling. But these, these systems have become very popular, and, and they should be. They're, they're uh, easy to collect for, uh, and they're fun. You can get some of the Hue cards are really cheap. Mm -hmm. Some are not, mm -hmm. right? And uh, uh, I think the Hue card, it just it seems like a very durable medium. 
Um, it's, it is. You know, it's there's there's not a lot to break on it. You know, sometimes if you drop a cart, it'll it'll crack the plastic casing. This thing is like it's it's like a it's reminds you of a a door access card or something like that. You know what I like on the back here? They've got notes. Did you ever see this? Don't bend, drop, or subject to shock. Good advice. Keep away from static electricity, direct water, heat, and direct sunlight. Please put back into the case after you play. That's which, I've, I've, which I've never done. <laughs> now these had these had little cases though, but yeah, they are there. And I, there's something about a system running off of cards. Uh, we spoke last week about the uh, master system, which also had a card solution. There weren't too many, you know. They're not cartridges. They're not discs. They're cards, and but it was always neat. And they pack a lot on these little things, don't they, mm -hmm. Bo? Uh, but you can see how a CD solution would be uh, in order, given the limited space that a U card could could actually uh, could actually hold. With that in mind, uh, we'll go ahead and jump into our games um, this week. I will go first. I picked the game uh, Blazing Lasers. All right. Uh, I had heard a lot about this game uh, before I actually played it. And I will say this is one of the first times I ever... I think I may have tooled around with it a few times before this, but this is the first time I really sat down and, and gave it a whirl because uh, I'm not the best at these sorts of games, <laughs> admittedly. And so I sort of steered clear, but uh, I'd heard so much about it that I had to give it a whirl. So uh, this was released in Japan in uh, July of 89, and it came out in North America in November of 89. So not... Not too far uh, a pass. Uh, what you've got here is a straight-up old-school shooter. Uh, this one is a single-player game, and it um, was known in Japan as Gunhead. Did you know that? No. And, and uh, it was based on a. Uh, uh, it was based on like a uh, like a TV show or film uh, it, it called Gunhead. Okay. And they, they changed the name in, in America to Blazing Legends for the obvious reason that I'd never heard of Gunhead. It was the sequel to Stonehead, the game I, based around that pro wrestler. <laughs> Stonehead not involved. <laughs> um, the game, uh, you are basically a fighting... Uh, 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 you have a, a space fighter and you're going up. That's mm -hmm. all you need to know. And you are uh, confronted by a, a ton of different enemies. Uh, this game, really, what makes this game interesting... Well, there's a couple things. First of all, the second you start it up, you realize, man, this looks really good. Um, if you play, if you think back to '89, uh, this was you could have put this game in any arcade, and it would have looked like a great game. Yeah, it is a beautiful game, uh, and I, just I look at this game, I'm like, how did this system not be more successful? Mm -hmm. I mean, just the look of it. I know a lot of my, I've got friends that are really into these uh, bullet hell type shooters. Which I wouldn't say this is what that is, but this is sort of like bullet heck, mm -hmm. right? Right. Uh, but uh, this game has it ticks all the uh, check boxes. Beautiful graphics, cool sound. The uh, fact that the screen scrolls slightly left to right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When games don't do that, they really feel sort of stifling. Yeah. And this one does a real good job. It gives you that little bit of extra real estate. Uh, of course, the main uh, thing you've got that you can do is upgrade your gun. And the the upgrades in this are absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're so insane that I had to get like a fact to try to understand how they work. Yeah, I did. It, 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 it's the most, and I mean, I'm no expert in this, but of all the the shoot 'em ups that we've played, either on this show or on Amigos, this is the most complex as far as the way the power up systems work. Absolutely. The uh, 
And what you'll do is when you see uh, when you shoot an enemy, you'll see a, a, a basically a number mm -hmm. drop, and then or you among other things, and then and so this number represents a different like style of gun, I guess effectively, and and, or, and and it's a different color, so it's a different style and a different level of the gun. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can you build these guns up, and you and you uh, get all kinds of crazy guns. Examples. There are some guns that shoot like, it looks almost like uh, lightning that shoots up. And then if you get a high enough variant of that, you will, it will, it's sort of like enemy seeking. And it does, it goes in these crazy patterns. It's hard to explain, isn't it? I mean, it just really, it's, it almost looks like electricity. It just yeah. goes, it's, it's willy nilly. Yeah. Uh, you also will get like these kind of like boomerang looking mm -hmm. uh, items. Which actually, that's on the screen right now. Where, and they and they shoot up and they're just they're they just shoot a little bit behind shots. you first and then yeah yeah you also will get aside from these main weapons and of course you'll get lasers and bullets you also get like a secondary weapon mm -hmm. and these are often like um, they're my personal favorite were the heat seeking missiles a throwback to my days of playing uh, Star Control Two and Alcon I like the heat seeking missiles but. They also would have like a secondary ship that would a come little, out, a little drone. Sort yes, of thing. and the drone was awesome. Mm -hmm. You would also have these, uh, also like Alcon. If you've ever played Alcon, which is another arcade shooter, that's really good. This sort of reminded me of a jacked up Alcon on super steroids because it was uh, the backgrounds and stuff were uh, like attractive, like Alcon, but the guns in this are much more interesting. Uh, you can get these side shots that just sort of radiate out out of the of your ship. You get this kind of like shield gimmick. That would that would sort of surround your ship, and uh, it was it was quite remarkable to to see it in action. And, and part of the fun is just trying out these new weapons, you know, and and seeing how it goes. Um, there's a there's a wacky checkpoint system in this when you get killed. Uh, uh, if you grab certain items, it will it will let you start further up the level. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yes. Um, um, what that means is, like, if you get these certain, they're like, uh, I want to say circles. Like, what's a better, uh, like an orb, mm -hmm. right? It will let you start where you die. Okay. Otherwise, you have to start. At so the that's what the that's level. what the purple orbs are. I don't. I'm not. I can't remember. I've gotten them, but I'm not even sure exactly what the color is. Okay. On. This game has so much going on. This is like the Super Frog collection game <laughs> of shooters. There's just crap everywhere, and mm -hmm. it, it gets it gets absolutely insane. Um, of course, you've got the shields, you've got the secondary power-ups. You've also got, of course, you've got to have the bosses. This game's got a bunch of crazy bosses. You've got uh, weird robots and kind of this, like, mechanical butterflies and all the stuff you'd expect. You also have an awesome sort of... Uh, the game has a... And this was confusing at first. I, I was going to ask you if you had fell for the same thing. In the background, there's all kinds of stuff going on. There's, like, sometimes you'll fly over, like, a hangar deck or mm -hmm. something. And at first, I thought this stuff would kill you. <laughs> so you have to take me a minute to like, because there, there's not a, a big differential between what's in the foreground and right, in the background. Right, yeah. but I mean, it, uh, it, it's it's not really a problem. But at first, I was like, what the hell, what the hell is this? Um, so this game has been wildly popular. Uh, it was a pretty sought after game uh, in, in America. You don't see it that much. Uh, it uh, And it was one of the pricier games for the uh, system. Uh, it reviewed well. Uh, this got a four out of five from All Game, uh, five out of five from Dragon EGM. They're tough to please over there sometimes. Back in the day, they gave it an eight out of ten. 
GameSpot gave it a 7. I, I wonder if these would even go up now. I mean, this game is sort of, like I said, I heard about this game from other shows and other uh, media, and I, I was like, man, it can't be as good as they say. But, I mean, as far as shooters go and attractiveness and everything, uh, it's got to be right up there. Uh, now, aside from the fact that you're shooting other ships, you're also shooting off, like, land. Uh, how can you just explain this? Like, uh, you're shooting off guns and stuff that are, like, land-based. It's sort of like, if you remember in Zevius, you drop bombs mm-hmm. and stuff? And this, you don't have to do that. You just sort of shoot them. But they're they're sort of under They're attached you. Yeah. to the ground. It's yeah. magic. Yeah, yeah it's... <laughs> it is. It, it's quite magical. Uh, so, But they'll shoot at you. So it's... A, I mean... Well, to summarize... The game, the background stuff are nice. The graphics look good. But the main draw of this game are, is the weaponry. Really, if you took the backgrounds and stuck them in another game, you'd be like, that's pretty good. But the weapon is the draw. Mm-hmm. Really, the, the enemies didn't strike me as particularly awesome. They're okay. You know, don't get me wrong. But it didn't, I wasn't like, it's not the best thing I ever saw. It's, it, it's, the, it's the various weapons, the way you use them. And I could, we could spend two podcasts going over the various... Uh, methodology for how you get these weapons in what order. I mean, it's really complex. Mm-hmm. And the Japanese love their shooters. And you can tell this one was uh, uh, one that someone sat around. I guess it's like the same re- way that they put all the fighting system into a fighting game, where for us, just like punch and kick the guy. There's an intricate depth to it that I want to mention, but can't possibly understand. Does that make <laughs> yeah. any sense? Um, I looked this thing up on eBay to see how we were doing on it. Um, loose, you can get this one um, for forty bucks. That's loose. In the in the jewel case, you're looking at between fifty and sixty five bucks. And then, you know, aside from just having a little jewel case, these also had a paper box release that went around the jewel case. If you want that, you're going to go up over sixty dollars, up into the hundred dollar range. Uh, an expensive an expensive game. Now, just for fun, I looked up what Gunhead was going for. Same game. Uh, it's going for loose thirty bucks and up, and then the jewel case fifty-one to so seventy bucks. About half the price. Of the, yeah, so yeah. if you're in the gunhead, really, it's, if you want to backdoor your way in, that's I was going to say, do you know if uh, the the TurboGrafx sixteen is region free? Can you play? I think you can play the Japanese stuff. I mm-hmm. think you can. I've never done it, and to be honest with you, I, it's so difficult to find um, to find any games from the TurboGrafx that, that locally. I've seen very few, and so the fact that you can forget about imports. I mean, I'd have to literally go out and import them. Uh, in West Virginia, the Turbo Graphics. I mean, I, I bet there's not a hundred in the state. Yeah. If, if you know, I mean, there's no one has, and no one has any games for them. I think I've bought almost every game I've ever seen mm-hmm. uh, for them. They just, you know, there just aren't that many around. And in the states, this the the uh, this game this game system was marketed poorly. It was came at a bad time. It came right in the, in the middle of the in, uh, the uh, Nintendo fervor, and with the Genesis kicking up, it was just it was a doomed it was a doomed console. But uh, this is now the time. If you're going to get into the TurboGrafx, now's the time. And if you're going to buy a game, this is not the worst one to start off with. So there you go. What did you think about it overall? Um, I think you know you look at it like sort of a crap shooter like Hybris. This game is everything that Hybris wishes it could be. Um, you know, it has, it, there's never any slowdown. There's amazing variety of weapons. The way that the parallax scrolling works where you have the, you have slower moving stars, faster moving stars, 
a hanger or some sort of a constructed object in the background, plus a variety of large and small enemies all fully animated. Everything happening at once, everything happens at full speed all the time. It's an amazing accomplishment for a system with the specs of the TurboGrafx-16. Um, right off the bat, I was impressed because your ship is shot in a very sort of, I, I consider it to be like a Battlestar Galactica type launch sequence mm -hmm. where you know you're really shot out of there like a like a um what is that thing a slingshot yeah um so it also kind of scared me because i felt like i was going really fast even though it's an optical yeah, that's illusion. the part was where i wasn't sure what was filming <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um you know there's there's a huge variety of enemies the bosses are they're big they're well animated they're colorful um, just like you, and I think you put this very well, there is a system here that I can appreciate but can't fully understand or articulate. Yeah. Um, but it's, 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 you can tell that you, there are probably people that are real, real into blazing lasers that, that can tell you about it. Um, the only thing I wish this game had is some kind of a, some kind of a, an upgrade or like a currency collecting shop mechanic. I think that would be a cool thing, like in between levels, purchase, you know, upgrades. Um, that might make it easier to understand what is above what, too. Because sometimes I would get a gun, and it seemed like it was the next Roman numeral up from what I had, but it wasn't as powerful. And the I didn't. It was a, I didn't, the color system. Yeah, I we didn't, didn't understand. We didn't get into the mega bombs, but this game also has when you can shoot the, you know, the old. It's got the ultra yeah. bomb on top of everything else. The uh, yeah, the the shot mechanics and stuff. I mean, I would. I got good enough at it. Which I'm considering. We had no. This is one of the games. This is one of the problems of playing a console game. There was no cheat system. There was no infinite lives, so I could play as long as I could play. I, I got to the point I could play for about fifteen minutes, you know, uh, generally. Uh, but I knew I, I didn't know what weapons I liked and what to look for. And once I got them, I just didn't touch anything right. else. That's really the key. You is you just at, at some point you're actively avoiding the hundreds of things that are traveling down the screen right, at one right. time. Right, right. And I'm sure, like I said, if someone that has a little more in-depth knowledge of the of the way the system works probably would know what to go after. But I, I, once I found something I liked, I settled on that yeah. and, went, and went forward. And this is, this is, this might be, um, you know, I, we've we've played a good amount of, of shooting games on, on, on Amios and there's been some good ones. Um, but, I think this one might be my favorite, just because it's chaotic without being incredibly difficult. Yes, um, it's it's colorful and varied in a way a lot of games aren't. Um, for example, you'd expect a game like this with this much action just to be set against a blank star field. You yeah, know? And, yeah. And um, so I highly approve of this game. Yeah, it was I, a good choice on your I part. Had, I had a, well, I mean, it was just complete, pretty much completely random, but the. Uh, um, the, he's right when he says that the the the. I mean, again, I I did not get all the way through the game by any stretch, but the 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 uh, speed of the game was not too fast to where I thought I've got no chance mm -hmm. to ever do well. Right. I mean, and there are plenty of those bullet hell shooters where you're just boned, you know, like the later Raidens and stuff. I mean, I I'm not good at these, but I've played a lot of them, and it's it unlike say like a a, a beat em up or something where you're like oh, I'll just I'll just spend more money and I'll eventually beat this guy up. There's some points where I'm just like I can't ever get past this yeah. ever ever. And this one I, I had a good amount of I had a good uh I had a good vibe going. I had a, it was smooth and I thought I was doing okay. Mm -hmm. And I thought after I played this for a while I might almost get halfway decent at it. And when when there's hope that makes you want to play it more. Now let me ask you a question because I know how much you love Alcon. Yes. Where where would you put this up against Alcon? 
Well, Alcom, of course, is more familiar. It's also known as Slap Fight, stupidly, over in, over in the UK. Um, and it's an arcade chair. It really never got a port except for on the C64. It's a very uh, not necessarily close port. Mm-hmm. Um, Alcon is similar. It's Alcon is much easier to understand, uh, but this has a lot more depth than Alcon. Uh, and the lasers, the weaponry is much wackier in this. Alcon's fairly straightforward. And also, also in the, the weaponry in Alcon, after you get to a certain point, it, it, you don't want these some of these weapons. They're not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, you know, this is a beautiful, beautiful game. And the bosses in this are kind of a lot cooler than the ones in Alcon. I was never a huge fan of those either. So probably, again, like I said, if, I don't know what year Alcon came out. I think it came out in 87, amazingly. So uh, if this came out at the same time, I mean, this would probably trump it, if you want the truth. They're both very good games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, uh, you want to switch over to, to my game? Go ahead. What do you got for okay, us this week, so Mr. Boat? I chose Magical Chase. Uh, we were discussing before the show how um, strange it was that we both picked shooters, uh, but luckily they are very different, very different Absolutely. games. Boy, you ain't kidding there. Um, Magical Chase is, um, I like to call it, and I didn't invent this, but I think it's a cool name, a cute-em-up. Um, this is a, uh, a horizontally scrolling shooter versus a vertically scrolling shooter that was released in Japan in 1991 and got a U.S. release in 1993. So this is one of the later releases for the TurboGrafx-16. I don't think that the uh, the TurboGrafx lasted much longer in the States past 93. Um, it was developed by a Japanese outfit called Quest, and um, it was later ported to uh, Windows in 1998, but only in Japan. Well, I was going to say, that's yeah. wacky. Yeah. And, uh, and also it got a Japanese release for the Game Boy Color, um, known as uh, Magical Chase GB. So this never got an American release outside of this? Outside of the TurboGrafx. No version. kidding. Yeah. Because I, this this game uh, I've heard of. And so that's why I was su- I'm surprised to hear that. I thought this is a pretty popular game. Yeah, well, it is It is a very highly sought-after game, as we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later on. But first I want to just tell you a little bit about Quest. Um, in, uh, in 1995, uh, there were a, a bunch of people that were part of the Quest team that left... Uh, the team to join Square, where they went on to develop, get this, Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm. So they went wow. from developing a shooter <laughs> to uh, to you know a really tactical game. There's all they did. Um, I think one of the Ogre Ogre Battle or something like that were uh-huh. part of those guys too. That was a strategy game as well. Yeah, it? yeah. So, um, but in 2002, the circle uh, kind of traversed, and Quest was purchased by Square, and so all of those people that left were reunited with their their former colleagues. Wonder how that went over. Yeah, maybe they were glad <laughs> that to be back. That was a rough first day. <laughs> so um, this game is uh, about a witch. Uh, the witch's name is Ripple, and uh, <laughs> just like the wine, yeah. Um, and uh, she is a um, she's a, a witch apprentice. She's a young witch, and uh, the the story goes that she has just broken a promise she made to the witch and took a peek inside a forbidden book. And when she did that, it freed six demons. Oh man! So what that she's got like some HP Lovecraft yeah. level action there. So what she's got to do is she's got to. Uh, Catch all six demons, put them back in the book, and restore harmony to the universe. Oh, okay. Um, 
So unless she unless she gets it back, the the witch her her master witch is going to turn her into a frog. So she wants to avoid that. She sets off on her quest with uh, the two stars that that are in front of her or sort of to the side of her. They're yeah. actually characters in the story. Um, they're they're okay. known they're known as star maidens, and their names are Topsy and Turvy. Okay. This you would never know unless you read. Yeah, the I know. I knew none of this. That's wacky. <laughs> the um and so basically what what happens is this is a uh, horizontally scrolling shooter, not unlike um, Gradius or R-Type or any any one of uh, a lot of games. It's sort of unlike them. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, um, and uh, what what makes this uh, what makes this game interesting is a. Um, you know the scenery is much. It's a, uh, the the art style is a, a, a much different type than you know our type or Gradius, where those are all sort of sci-fi you know uh, settings where you're flying around in space. This is more of a cutesy fantasy setting. If you've ever played Fantasy Zone before, this is another one of those type of games where all the enemies are sort of cutesy. Uh, the level designs are all sort of like you know kids' playroom type things that you might see. Um, and uh, the the big gameplay element that makes this game different are the the two stars, which I guess are named Topsy and Turvy. You are able to manipulate those into different locations to kind of act like a shield uh, against your uh, against your adversaries. Uh, another thing that makes this game uh, different than Gradius or R Type is that you can come into contact with the boundary areas without taking damage. So if you're down at the bottom of the screen, you can bump up against the bottom of the screen and it doesn't hurt you. So yeah, I, I like I that. I found that out eventually. Because I've been avoiding them most of the time. <laughs> um, another cool thing about this game is uh, there is an in-game shop. Um, as you're flying along in a level, I knew I knew after what you said about the last game, you'd be happy about this. Yeah, there's a, there's there's a a guy floating around in a pumpkin, or he's he's actually a man with a pumpkin head that is floating around in a hot air balloon. And you you approach the shop and you can enter it, and the game stops, and you can purchase extra hearts, extra lives. You can purchase upgrades for your weapon. Yeah, this guy's as soon as I saw that balloon pop on the screen, the first time I just I thought, well, I'm dead. I didn't know what it was, <laughs> and I ran into him like, oh, okay, yeah, Halloween Jack. Yeah, and so yeah, and those are very helpful that you can get the cool weapons and you can also buy more energy and stuff too. You know? Yeah. So you, you basically make your way through the six levels um, and then you uh, you meet your goal and the game ends. That is that is Magical Chase. So Aaron, what did you think of Magical Chase? Um, uh, my first impression was, oh good God, no. But I... <laughs> I had some knowledge of this. Was now was this ever an arcade game or just did no. start? Okay, yes. uh, th- there are some of those cute em ups that I've played before, mm-hmm. uh, and this one, I mean, it's got a rep. I've heard of it. I don't know why. You know, I, you know, you just, I just you hear about things. And this right. is another one I've heard about, Magical Chase, and I, I had not played it. It's very colorful. Uh, I'm not good at it. I'll admit that. Uh, but after playing Blazing Lasers. This seemed like a real step in the other direction, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. It's not now that much said. I'm not ragging on it uh, because it it's not setting out to be a game like Blazing Lasers. It's good. It's probably good for like a kid or or someone who's into the sort of visuals that are involved in it. Uh, and it's it's sort of it's sort of fun in a way. I like the ability to find this. I like getting the money. It had sort of a, what it reminded me of is a, a sort of a uh, blood uh, bunny that you got it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it was, except not nearly as super deadly yeah. <laughs> uh, and and much cuter. But you know, it's it's the same sort of gimmick: collect the money, go to the store, get mm-hmm. the upgrades, and keep on trucking. Right. You know, that's and and so that's not too bad. Uh, the enemies were wacky. 
uh, there's some of that Gradius series that gets pretty wacky as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're playing these Japanese shoot 'em ups, you get some pretty zany stuff sometimes. Uh, I had, like not knowing the story, I just assumed I knew you were a witch. The rest of it, I had no idea what you know what was going on. Uh, I was not good at manipulating the stars to do stuff. I didn't quite. I, I mean, I knew they did stuff, and you can move. Them, I didn't know what. The, I'm looking at the video that you're looking at now. And this one's in Japanese. The one I played was all in English, so it was, I definitely this had a United States port clearly. Uh, but I liked it. I liked the fact that you talked to a pumpkin head to get your stuff, <laughs> um, and it was it was everything was clear and defined. Um, I didn't get real far into it because I'm not good enough. But I I did enjoy the time I spent with it. You know these, and, and I you know I've, I sometimes will rail on these games that are cutesy looking because I'm since I'm such a cool tough guy that it offends me. But every once in a while, one is so goofy that I, I enjoy it. And this one sort of like falls into that category. It's fun. You know it, it, what throws me is if if you're gonna like give a game like this to play for like a kid. Like, what kid could play this? It's hard. It's a pretty hard game. And so there's no in-between. Like, if you're going to make a game... Now, I know these aren't necessarily made for kids, but I want to let my kid play this game, and he would get smashed. You know, but it's got teddy bears and witches and cute stuff like that. So there's, you know, maybe... I don't know who this... Who does this appeal to, I guess, is, I guess is where I'm well, going. Well, it's sort of like pro wrestling. I mean, why should that appeal to anybody? <laughs> I but agree. It does. I agree. Um, you know, it's it's a stylistic choice. You know, some people like stuff that looks cute. Like, I love platformers that are cute, like Do-Re-Mi Fantasy. Yeah, I love that game, and it, it has the same sort of aesthetic. It just depends on your personal taste. I suppose so. I suppose so. But, you know, I like... Like a, a game like Blazing Lasers that's more like, you know... Hardcore. Well, yeah. You know, it's 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 more cool looking to me. I mean, hey, it is. I'm yeah. Trying, I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a, a G-rated way to say it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, You can say badass on that's, this one. That's yeah. exactly where I was mm -hmm. going. Uh, and this game is not. Yeah. But it's still interesting. It's got an interesting... I like the store concept. And the fact that it's so... It, it didn't get ported very much is interesting. Have you ever played the the Game Boy versions of this? Have you ever got no? So they they only were released in in, in Japan, and I didn't seek out the on the emulator. Uh, it might be something worth trying. Yeah, because since we're going through sort of a Game Boy Renaissance, me and you, right? Uh, but uh, um, uh, it's fun. I've like I said, I've played games similar to this. In fact, I think I've even played a shooter where you're a witch, mm -hmm. and it was a vertical shooter. I wish I remember what it was. Uh, but uh, um, so this is not a concept that was abandoned clearly. And the other game that I played where you were, which is much more difficult than this one, there's something about the horizontal shooters that appeals to me. Uh, On the whole, would you say you're a bigger fan of horizontal or vertical shooters? Gosh, you know it's a good. Listen, I broke in playing stuff like Scramble and Super Cobra, mm -hmm. you know, and so that's what I grew up playing. Uh, I, to me, it's a there. I have a better vision of what's going on. Generally, the items on the screen are bigger, you know. So probably, I would probably be better at horizontal ones, but the vertical ones, they can really make them look nice. So it's it's a toss up. But I mean, some of my favorite shooters are, are horizontal games, like your Silkworm, for example. Mm -hmm. So you know, I don't know. I don't know if I have a preference. They're both awful good, and I'm not panning this. It was pretty fun. I wish I was better at it so I could see more. That's the problem with these games. You know, I'm not that good at them, and, and so I don't get to go very far into them before I get killed. So. Mm -hmm. But I enjoyed what I got to play of it. I thought it was interesting. Cool, cool. I, I did look this up uh, on eBay, and um, you know, the only reason why I'd ever heard of Magical Chase 
is because it's one of the most expensive domestically produced video games of all time. Really? Yeah. Okay. This, this got a limited, limited, limited release in the United States. Uh, this, Like I said, this came at the tail end of the TurboGrafx-16. Uh, it didn't even come. They were cutting costs at the end of the life of the console. They didn't even put the Hue card in a jewel case. They just slapped it in a cardboard box. Really? And shipped it out. Wow. Yeah. Um, this thing loose on eBay, you're talking about $3,500. Oh, 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 macro. Maybe yeah. that's what I've heard of. It yeah. always smokes. Uh, it is a very, very expensive that's game. Loose. That's loose. That's loose. What about a box copy? Uh, I did not see any box copies uh, on, on eBay, so I, I would wager to guess we were talking about maybe twice that much. Um, and... Um, However, just like many games uh, that are rare these days, there are outfits out there making repro Hue cards of them, uh -huh. and uh, you can get a reproduction uh, Hue card of this for sixty bucks. So if you if you're desperate to have one for the collection, you can pick one up. So, all that said, uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, we have uh, opened up ARG to uh, to Patreon support. Uh, if you dig. Uh, the ARG Presents uh, gimmick, the show, what we're into. You want to throw us a buck or two? Uh, that'd be great. We appreciate it. If you can't, listen, we're, you know, we understand. No and big deal. there's something in it for you all, too, the listener. Uh, if you uh, support ARG Presents at any level, you immediately gain access to our Discord server. And uh, let me tell you, the Discord is the place to be. The Amigos Retro Gaming Discord, there is stuff going on there 24-7, retro gaming talk, coding talk, we got a bunch of computer programmers in there, uh, Amiga talk, uh, we've even got a book talk channel. So uh, if you, if you want to be around awesome other people from all over the world, um, you know, this is the way to do it. Support us on Patreon. Yeah, Discord's great. If you're not in, if you're not, uh, I didn't know what it was when we first, uh, when Boat first turned me on to it. It's just, it's basically, it's a real-time chat uh, app or, 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 or you could, there's an HT, there's a, uh, you can, there's a browser version as mm -hmm. well, which I use. And uh, you just pop in and chat if you want or just read what people are saying. And uh, it's real simple to use. It's, it's light and it's fun. And I have to say, of all the things we've done with the show over the years, Adding the Discord chat has been uh, one of the top ones. I've really, I love it. Like I tell him, since we've got a lot of listeners that are in Australia and, and the UK and 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 in Europe, I'll get up in the morning and that thing will be full of new messages I get to read and respond to. Mm -hmm. And then of course when I when they're all in bed, that's when me and Boat are active and mm -hmm. we're chatting back and forth. And so it's it's great. It's always fun. If you need help with something, there's usually someone there to help you out. Yeah, yeah. If you need help on a game, and <laughs> I know Boat and me check the chat quite a bit just to get just to see what's happening. Like so everyone's got their own interests. It's a lot of fun. So that's a nice reason to uh, to drop us a buck or two if you feel so inclined. Uh, Boat. Uh, are you ready to spin the wheel and Absolutely. Make the deal? So this week the wheel is going to work a little bit differently. We have some blank spots on the wheel because we recorded a couple episodes ahead of time. And for uh, all the blank spots on the, if the if the wheel comes up on a blank spot or the chat choice, we're going to make all three of these chat choice. Oh man! So, so they we're weighing the wheel yeah. heavily towards chat choice right now. Uh, the people in the chat uh, that are listening alive, they are going to help pick if those three spots come up. So, here we go. Give her a whirl, Boat. All right. You did good action on that, Boat. I'm going to give you credit. Thank you. So, we're going to see what the wheel is choosing for us to play here next week. It was, 
Arcade Classics. Classics. <laughs> That's outstanding, both. So, Arcade Classics. I will play Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. What are you going to play? Uh, what do you think I'm going to play? I do don't know. Run Run. Are you kidding me? The That's greatest so obvious. arcade game That's of so, all time. It's so obvious. I know, but you'll love it. And you know I'm stinky at it, too, so you can you can kill me at it. <laughs> so so we're going to be playing Cadillacs and Dinosaurs and Do Run Run. I picked Cadillacs and Dinosaurs because my son is a big fan of it, and I've played it four million times. You know, I think we should have score challenges on both these games. Sco score challenge? High score say. challenge. How is that going to work with unlimited quarters? Well, you're going to use one quarter. Okay. How, how are we going to... Is it on honor system, man? No, I'm going to make you tape your thing and submit it to Twin Galaxies. Listen, have you seen what's happening on Twin Galaxies? Yeah, you're you're more upstanding than all those fools. You're a fine, upstanding young man. You really, you, you really mean it? I appreciate that, but he's lying. <laughs> so, next week, we're going to be playing arcade, ugh, arcade classics, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, and Do Run Run, your personal favorite. So, join us next week, and until then, adios. adios. John making a new podcast. <laughs>